Hello ninjas and ninjets and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. This show is all about helping you generate more leads and sales through your website and using the internet. My name's Tim, Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital agency in the UK and I'm host of this show. In this episode, I'm extremely excited to bring to you Michael Alden. Michael is an absolute beast in the area of infomercials. So for those of you who live in the UK who don't really know what infomercials are, they're basically paid programming. So it's like a long form TV ad, basically. So you will have seen examples of them, perhaps. And uh, you might think, ah, they're a little bit scammy. Do they really work? They definitely work. And not only do they work, they're an extremely difficult thing to get right. As you can imagine, a half hour TV show where you're trying to sell a blender, there's a lot of areas there that you could get things wrong. And there's a lot of things to get right during that time as well. So the reason I wanted to bring Michael onto the show is to talk about the elements of the most successful infomercials. Anyone who can make money in the infomercial space where it costs like tens of thousands of dollars to even run a test, anyone who can make money in this environment, you know, is worth listening to. And there's elements of successful infomercials, which we can take as digital marketers, whether we're doing Facebook ads or YouTube videos, when we're doing live stuff, webinars, whatever, even just writing sales copy on a website, there's elements of what makes a successful infomercial that is just good marketing. So Michael's come to the show to talk about that. So we talk about the importance of testimonials and social proof. We talk about tips for using that. We talk about how to make an effective demonstration, like an effective product demonstration, all sorts of stuff. Really interesting guy, loads and loads of great stories and some big names that he drops as well. So I really hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash podcast for the show notes. And if you want some free help with your digital marketing, then you're going to see a link to our free review on that website as well. So that's ExposureNinja.com forward slash podcast. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show with Michael Alden. Michael, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, uh, really excited to be here. And I'm very excited to have you because you're from the land of infomercials, which I personally have huge respect for. It's a medium where, like Dan Kennedy always says, the audience is sat there with a remote control in their hand, ready to click you off as soon as they feel a little bit bored. So you have a very kind of low, uh, low failure threshold, if you like. And you've overseen hundreds of infomercials with your company, haven't you? So firstly, what is it that you love most about the world of infomercials? Well, you know, I I, I, uh, I kind of grew up in this world first, literally in the call center business uh, first, uh, that I was taking phone calls in the customer service side of things when, when I was in law school. And then I went on the sales side of things. There are so many things that I love about about the infomercial business. We we primarily in, in my company and, and from what I, where I was before, focus on long form 30 minute infomercials. And one of the kind of, I guess, that I guess we'll get into one of the first things that I love about that is that, you know, you have 30 minutes to, you know, tell a story and convey a message and, and also, you know, problem solution type scenarios and, and really kind of answer most of the questions that people may have versus like a 30 second com- regular non-direct response commercial or even a 30 second, one minute, even two minute, you know, direct response commercial where there's an 800 number or a website to go to. So we, you know, we try to really have a, a pretty, pretty detailed conversation, you know, with, with the person sitting on the other side of the desk and at least in our format to give the consumer almost all the answers uh, to the questions that may, they may have. 30 minutes seems like quite an intimidating length for anybody who's listening, who maybe does a webinar or something or, or makes YouTube videos or Facebook live. 
anything of that length can feel a little bit scary because it's almost like any mistakes that you make along the way is going to seriously the whole the whole exercise is completely invalidated so do you feel that pressure? Is that something that you love about it? No, I mean, the pressure actually is is being able to get everything in in a half an hour, usually for us. You know, in fact, we uh, we have one now that you know, we're editing down. I mean, I usually, well, you know, I'll give you a little like behind the scenes. So generally what we'll do is uh, the infomercial itself actually is 28 minutes and 30 seconds here in the States. So that's the real time. So, you know, for one production, we generally would shoot, you know, Everyone does it a little bit differently, but how we do it is n- probably no more than like three hours total. So what we'll do is we'll shoot, we'll go live. Uh, I mean, not live, but we'll, you know, lights, camera, action, and we'll go and we'll do kind of like a, a first show, so to speak. Uh, historically, uh, the second version is usually better because the guest is warmed up, even I'm warmed up and we kind of we kind of get into a rhythm. And then after that, we do what we call pickups like, hey, we missed this point, we missed that point. And then it would be like me saying, to, you know, to you, you know, uh, you know, you know, to tell me a little bit about, you know, your podcast, because I know that we missed that. But tell me about your podcast and, and, and why it's important. And then you'll just go, you know, so that's, you know, kind of how it works. And then from there, we we edit it down to about about 40 minutes. Uh, and then from there, we then we now we know, okay, so we get 40 minutes of, of what we think is kind of the best content, bring it down to 2830. And a lot of times the editing process, like where I'm going through it right now, where I'm editing one where I'm literally grabbing stuff that was from the end of the show, and I'm moving it forward and vice versa. So like what I said, you know, later on in the show is actually now in the beginning of the show. So that part is kind of fun to see how, how that all comes together. And although it's direct response, so you're getting immediate feedback when the show's on air, I guess it's quite difficult to go and reshoot elements if you want to try a different call to action or something like that. So do you build lots of different versions of it, which you can test? Or is it just let's just go for the best one? And we're just going to use that. And we're just going to run with it. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, so so our, our format it's kind of like what you and I talked, pr- you know, prior to this, you know, about like, it's very spontaneous. We kind of have an idea or an outline of what we want to talk about, you know, as far as the guest is concerned. I'm a guest on your show. And we had talked about you and I talked earlier, like, let me tell you a little bit about how it's going to go. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Let's just make it. <laughs> let's just make it natural. Because I feel that that in especially in our format, it's more authentic for people so that they can get a, a true, honest answer. And you know what, and sometimes, you know, you, you and I even said, you know, talked about the editing process, even for your show, sometimes we'll even flub things. Like I'll make a mistake or, or if I'm doing a call to action and it's not perfect, we keep it in, you know, unless it's a total disaster, but we'll, we'll keep it in because, you know, we, again, we want that authenticity there. We want people to realize that it, that it's real to really answer your question. The answer is yes, we will, we'll shoot multiple calls to action so that we can test different versions and, and our world, we generally go with what, what is called a soft offer, meaning there's no price on the screen. Another thing that I love, that's another thing that I love about direct response infomercials. So it's something like, you know, if you'd like some more information about my book, pick up the phone, give us a call. I have trained representatives standing by that can answer all of your questions. So, you know, there's a little lead up to that, but there's no price, right? And so we'll, we'll do, we'll test one of those and then we'll maybe test, you know, you know what folks, listen, I'm doing something really, really special today. I'm really, really excited about my book. I want to get it out to the masses. I'm actually going to give you my book absolutely free. Just pay a small processing and handling charge. You know, so that that's like the free offer. And then the other one is uh, what we call a hard offer, which is, um, you know, today, you know, my book normally sells for $29.99. But today, because, you, you're, because you're watching the program today, uh, you can pick the book up today for only $14.99 plus a small processing and handling charge. Pick up the phone, give us a call. So those are kind of like the three, you know, types that, that we offer. And then, and then we're starting to actually, 
the times are changing, right? And so one of the things that we're doing with our calls to action is having a text option. You know, so I also will do in the call to action, if it's, you know, we'll say, hey, pick up the phone, give us a call. But I'll also say now, you know, down in the bottom of the screen, there'll be a, there'll be a number where you can text the code. If you want to get more immediate of a response, you can just text that code to the number on the bottom of the screen and, and, and we'll send you right to the right place you need to go. So there's that, there's that kind of new element to it that, that a lot of people are moving towards. Love that. So when you're, are you running different versions of the infomercial on different different stations or like what's the deal? How are you testing these? Or do you just go for the one that you think when it's being edited down makes the most sense? You know, there, there's the, the, you hear about A-B testing, you know, generally what we'll do is, is we will edit down one version of the show and what, what, what we think will be the best version of the show. And then we'll go to our media agencies and we test multiple media agencies against each other. So like we use Havas, Edge, which is one of the largest ones in the world. We'll use Mercury Media. They're pretty big here in the States. Another one called Camella. And then there's a bunch of other boutique ones that we'll use. And we'll, we'll put a budget together for each of them, let them all test it, and just really kind of get a, a pretty organic you know, response as far as the results are concerned. And so they're all competing against each other and, and they know that. So they're going to try and get us the best rate. So what they'll do is, is they'll go back and say, okay, if we're running... For instance, you know, so we have one uh, that we're testing right now. I wrote a book called Crushing Crypto. It's about cryptocurrency, right? And so, you know, they, they'll they'll go back and, and and they'll look and they'll say, okay, this is a this is an opportunity show where people can make can make money in the world of cryptocurrency. It's a book, you know. We you know we we've run those types of shows, not not in cryptocurrency because no one's no one's doing that. But we've we've run like you know real estate seminars or stock type shows, and they'll say, okay, here are the results. Let's run. Mike show on those stations and see and see if we get a similar similar response. And that's kind of how we do it. Now I know just from marketing that like if we if we did a free offer, we're gonna get we'll get a huge response no matter what. You know, and that you know gives you makes you feel good. Like, oh man, we we just crushed it. <laughs> the problem is is then you got to be able to convert those into sales. And that's the <laughs> that's the hard part. So for something like that, are you using that book as a lead generator? to sell people onto some kind of course or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So for the, for this one in particular, crushing crypto, what what it is is it's actually it's the book itself and we're going to go up with with a hard offer, so it's a the model will look like this. It'll be, you know, the book, uh, they'll pay processing sh- and uh, processing handling for the book. There'll be a newsletter involved, there'll be an audio uh, newsletter involved and then there'll be an opportunity, essentially kind of like a business opportunity to learn how to make money within the world of cryptocurrency, which will include training and a webinar and also an opportunity to truly be in in, in, in essentially in business with me in our in our mining operation. So it's kind of a, a holistic big package because, you know, we, we want for, for me, what I'm trying to do, especially in this world of cryptocurrency, what I'm trying to do is I just want to educate people about it first mm-hmm. so that people can understand it. And so if they buy the book and they do nothing, at least they'll get a pretty good you know, overview of what's going on in the world of cryptocurrency. Now, look, I, and the other thing I even see in the show, I say, look, I'm not an expert. I mean, there, there aren't that many experts in the world of cryptocurrency right now. However, uh, I've been studying this like I studied for the bar exam. So if you pick up the, the book Crushing Crypto, you're going to get a pretty good overview in a kind of a, I hate to use this term, like dumbed down version of really what's going on because it, it's complex for people. It's hard for people to understand. So that's what I was saying in 30 minutes. To be able to convey to people that I believe this is the biggest opportunity of their lives in 30 minutes and explain things like the blockchain and Satoshi Nakamoto and Bitcoin and all these, it's hard to do for people that, that, that have heard it but don't understand it. So that's hard to do in 28 minutes. 
for sure. It feels like every time I go to the States, I always watch infomercials. I just love it. But it feels like <laughs> one of the pillars of the most successful one seems to be the demo, the demonstration, whether it's like your one for Androzine with the guys talking about how it's improved their bedroom performance or the curly haired dude with the Nutribullet pulverizing his competitors with the <laughs> exclusive cyclonic pattern. It's usually this demo that gets attention, isn't it? And there's like some, there's some trick or there's some key illustration. So what in your eyes are some of the most important boxes to tick in a, in a demonstration? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's, 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 you know, you're looking at people's pain point, right? So like what, what, what's the problem? Where's the solution? You know? So in the instance of like the magic bullet, which is, you know, super, super successful and they have, they've had multiple iterations of that, multiple versions of that. They're really kind of, they're, they're doing a couple different things. They are, they are uh, promoting a, a, uh, you know, a juicing lifestyle, right? And the benefits of that and then the nutritional aspects of that. And they're also showing why theirs is better than maybe the competitors out there for, you know, on a price point analysis. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really, again, it's really what people in that scenario, it's what people kind of want, right? And then, but the other thing, the other interesting thing about, for instance, maybe the Magic Bullet in particular, is that, you know, they have a whole big retail play too, right? So they're running these long form infomercials. And this is, what I, this is another thing that I, back to the original question, another thing that I love about direct response, uh, not necessarily even long form infomercials, but so let's say you're the Magic Bullet, right? You know, you have long form infomercials, for the magic bullet, okay? They're spending a bunch of money on TV with an 800 number and or a website to go to to buy you know, their product. At the same time though, they're also in retail. And so the, the, the exciting part about that is that traditional advertisement that doesn't have a URL on it or an 800 number on it, which now pretty much everybody has some aspect of it, but they're not really doing direct response. They're just throwing up a website because they think they have to. But, it, it, but in, in a long form, infomercial setting or scenario, there's an 800 number on there. People are calling and people are buying and they're also in retail. So they actually may be losing money on the television side of it, but they know, but they're, what they're doing is, is they're really supporting the retail sales. So, so then the retailers like Bed Bath & Beyond or, you know, um, I don't know, Target or Walmart that might be carrying their stuff, they see that, okay, these guys are spending a bunch of money in advertisement. So we're going to give them, you know, some premium placement. We're going to give them end cap displays. We're going to give them, you know, maybe a display right, right, uh, right at the front of the store, maybe even at the cash register. So it's important for a direct response marketer to be able to show to a, a potential retailer that they're spending all this money uh, on television to support and advertise the brand. It feels like people tend to think of direct response and brand building as two completely you know, they're mutually exclusive. But actually, hearing you talk about that is clear that this type of DRTV stuff has a massive brand building component in any way. And brand building obviously doesn't really have too much of a, of a direct response component. So I don't know, it just feels like uh, it just feels like this kind of infomercial benefits driven stuff with clear calls to action. It just feels like it would be so much more effective for the same resources. Yeah, I mean, to be crazy not to, right? So that I mean, I say, look, if you're going to spend money you know, on, on just, you know, traditional quote, brand building advertising, you're insane not to put some sort of call to action on there to, 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 to help offset your media costs. Because in my world, the most expensive cost that I have is in fact the media. And, and by the way, I'm not a retail guy. I've, I've gone retail. I've had my products in retail. It just didn't work out for us because, because of the way our, our infomercial format looks. And I can tell you about that later. But so, 
you know, if you're if you're a traditional advertiser, if you're in business right now and you're listening to this and and you know, whether you're a BMW or whether you're just the like your local uh, you know, bakery shop, okay, if you're gonna put any sort of ad on television, on the radio, on the internet, okay, there has to be some sort of call to action. There has to be a reason, there has to be a, an ability for the consumer to to buy your stuff. And a lot of people may disagree with that, but they're they're just they're just straight up wrong. I've been doing this long enough to 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 know that putting something there that gives the uh, consumer the ability to buy is going to, one, it actually, it will make the consumer happy because they're like, all right, cool, I like that. I'm going to buy it right now, right? So there's a lot of, you know, instant, you know, uh, psychology where like, you know, we, we want to buy it like right away. There's a reason why candy bars at a grocery store are still at the right where you're cashing out because it's a spontaneous, emotional, quick buy because you're hungry and you're like, oh shit, there's a candy bar there, I'm going to get it. If they didn't know that, they wouldn't put, you know, they would put candy bars, you know, somewhere else. I mean, that is a, almost in a way, an example of direct response. You're looking right at it. You're, you're you came into the grocery store to buy other things, but you're checking out and you and you, you got like a, you know a lettuce and, and and broccoli and everything else, but you pick up a Snickers bar because it's right there. So that's why they do it, and it's the same thing. You you want to be able to give the the consumer that instant ability to buy, and at the same time build your brand. You know, I give the example. I go back to to Barack Obama. You know, or you know the president. You know, so our former president. And this is this is awesome. I tell people, I said, love him or hate him. Forget about your political beliefs. It doesn't matter. Barack Obama, and this is true, you can look it up, it's easy. During his first election, he ran three one-hour infomercials on him and his campaign. And on the bottom of the screen, there was a website to go to to donate to raise money. That ultimately, in my in, in my belief, is really what got him elected. And he did it. He ran it in October two weeks before the election and raised a ton of money and got a huge amount of awareness. He was able to tell a story, by the way, they were a million dollars a piece. So he was able to tell a story about him and about his campaign and about his vision to the entire country all at once, two weeks before and raise a bunch of money. So that is the power of an infomercial, man. People like back in the day, infomercials used to be these crazy contraptions and, you know, Billy Mays screaming and yelling and people spraying, you know, spraying, you know, black polish on their head for, 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 you know, to, to, to make, to give the illusion that you, that you have hair. It's not like that anymore. These are, we're talking fortune 500 big name companies that are getting involved in this because they see the power of direct response. Even in this day that we're living in today, like, you know, my daughter, barely watches TV. She watches everything on her iPhone. So that's kind of scary for me, right? But we're changing or evolving anyway. Television isn't going anywhere. You know, cable isn't going anywhere. It's just you need to now in the in the world of direct response have to have a, a fully integrated marketing plan behind everything. You can't just rely on TV anymore like you used to be able to 10, 15 years ago. And it feels to me like as we start moving over to things like Facebook with video ads and, and Instagram video ads as well, Quite a lot of the time now, the video ads that you'll see that are most successful that keep showing up again and again are they're, they're taking a lot of elements from infomercials. There's a demonstration, there's testimonials and social proof, there's very clear offer, very clear pricing, calls to action. And whether it's like the face peel thing where you see all the little bits of crap coming out, the pores on the skin or, or you know, the latest cat or dog toy or something like that, they're actually basically just super, super short form infomercials, really. Exactly it. And and you are 100% correct. You know, I, um, do you know who Ty Lopez is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so that he, in, in, in my opinion, that's exactly what he's doing. Okay. So yeah. he, uh, you know, in fact, he just tweeted out, uh, excuse me, he just, um, snapped out, uh, an image of my book blueprint to business. So 
Uh, I was excited about that. And, and I could tell you how that happened. But, you know, what, what, in my opinion, what he's doing is, in fact, what I'm doing on television. And what, what gives him what gives him a little bit more freedom is there is no time limit. There is no time constraint. You know, so I mean, I've actually seen, you know, I've had Grant Cardone on my podcast and 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 been on his as well. And, you know, and I've I watched Grant Cardone essentially do a three hour infomercial, you know, on Facebook Live. And it was, just, it was just him showing people how to make money in real estate and what he believes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, hey, by the way, you know, if you're interested, you can just visit my website forward slash, you know, free video, or whatever it is. Ty Lopez is like a master at that. He's He is essentially running... I mean, it is direct response and, and you don't, we, we don't have to call them in infomercials if people somehow feel offended with that, but that's really what it is. And he's, and he does a great job. And what I like about Ty, and, and I've said this before publicly, I was kind of hating on him in the beginning because I was like, how real is this guy, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is he's a master marketer and he is, you know, fairly authentic, at least from what I can tell. I haven't met him, you know, in person yet as we're trying to figure that whole part out. Now they essentially go out there and, and get on his podcast. But from what I can tell, he is a master marketer. Yeah, I mean, the thing that impresses me most about him is just the sheer volume of of stuff that he's putting out and the scale at which he's doing it. I don't think we've seen any anything like it. He just seemed to, I know every overnight success is years in the making, but he seemed to come pretty much from nowhere and hasn't really relented since then. It's, it's incredible. So uh, how did you, uh, go on, you, you dropped the hook there and I'm going to bite. How did you manage to get your book featured uh, in one of Ty's snaps? Yeah, well, so my last book, Blueprint to Business, uh, Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestseller, it, all my books are. And, and so I've just watched him, you know, really kind of promote the, you know, the, the book business and he's got his thing called Mentor Box. And, you know, I've just, when he's constantly talking about, you know, how he, you know, reads all these books and, and he's got all these books in his garage. It's brilliant. In a way, like I was kind of hating on him. It's like in his garage, he's got all these books above the Ferrari, the the Lambo, the Rolls Royce. And I'm like, who the fuck puts their books in the garage? And, I, and I, I'm sure if you talk to him on the side, he'd be like, yeah, of course I did that. Of course I put it in there so I can show you all the shit in my garage. And it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Now that more that I think about it, after I, after I stop hating on him, you know, I, I'm as honest as it gets. I'm as real as it gets. And, you know, the, you know, you try not to hate on people just, but I was like, wow, that's fucking awesome. You know, so I just see how powerful he is and, and, and how he's just, he's everywhere. So what I did was, is I just started sending him, I got his address and I've tried to connect with him through a bunch of other people. That's usually how it all works. Like I know friends of friends that actually have his number and all that other stuff. And I've tried to do a little bit of that, but I, I actually just sent him my book every single day for like a week straight. Every day, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. By the way, that was in August. Today, he today he posted an image of the book. So, you know that that's the type of stuff that it also takes. You know, when we're kind of going outside of the world of direct response, but in a way, it's it's advertising. It's exactly what I was doing. I was I spent money to overnight a book to send it FedEx to make sure that he started. Now, now I did the same thing with Gary Vaynerchuk. I did it with Tim Ferriss. I did it with Howard Stern. I'm a big Howard Stern fan. Um, I've, I've, uh, I've been on Stern, been interviewed by them, and they don't really know me. But uh, so I, I've done some things because I, I see the, the, the marketing power of guys like Howard Stern, of guys like Tim Ferriss, of guys like Gary Vee. So you know, after I sent my book a million times to, to Gary Vee, I en- ended up at an event in Jersey, it, an intimate event with about 50 people, a wine tasting because Gary's big into, big into wine. So, and I am relentless, you know, and, and so yeah, ultimately, you know, he, he, you know, he posted and then, and then for even prior to that, or excuse me, prior to him, 
you know, snapping on an image of Blueprint to Business, I watched one of the things, one of the calls to action that he had was this, hey, do you know any Wall Street Journal, USA Today, New York Times bestselling authors? And I said, well, hey, I am. I'd love to come on. And you know, initially there wasn't a response and then there was a little bit of response and then we're kind of like negotiating on how it's going to work and all this other stuff. And I'm like, look, man, like, let's go on. I'll come on your podcast and we'll just spit fire, man. I'm, I'm like, I guarantee you that that, you, that your listening audience will will enjoy what I have to say. And so I'll give you another example of that. So um, Rude Jude, he uh, has a show on Sirius XM Satellite called The All Out Show. It's a huge show on Sirius XM. I follow him on Snapchat. The guy's a nut. Uh, Jude, An- Jude Angelini is his name. He's written, but he's also written two books, and I wrote and I read read them. They're more of a, it's more of a, almost like a uh, how can I describe it? It's, it's almost like his diary in a way, and it's really just raunchy. And, and I don't know if you've read um, if you've read uh, Assholes Finish First by Tucker Max, but it reminds me of that a little bit. And so I reached out to him. I was like, look, man, I saw through kind of his craziness and his lifestyle, and I said, you know what? You've done some really cool, successful things, even though you're a nut. I'd love to have you on my podcast first. So I had him on my podcast and I interviewed him different than anyone else would have because he is this character, but I interviewed him as more of like the author and the business person. He loved it. And then he asked me to go on his show on Sirius XM. So I flew all the way out to LA, you know, from Boston just to be on that show because it was a couple of days before the release of my book. And it, it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have just kept hammering him and in, in trying to get him uh, on on my podcast. And I'm sure you probably have similar instances with you and your podcast trying to just get people and you just, you just can't stop, you know, because yeah. you, you know I mean, like uh, at some point someone's going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the thing that's kind of running through this is the, I guess, the power of celebrity and, and the credibility that, that being featured somewhere like Ty and, and, and a snap can, can get you. It's like automatic exposure to his market. And, Going back to the whole infomercial thing, this is also a tool that lots of infomercials use, isn't it? They'll typically be a guest expert or a celebrity, whether it's a, you know, like a gossip mag celebrity or whether it's actually a, a kind of celebrity in their field, I guess, where it's someone who has maybe like the Androzine guy where you've got the, the was it the doctor or, or someone who... Right, um, yeah. So I have John Abdo, who, who's been on TV for years. Uh, he, he had this, his real name is Abdo and his kind of claim to fame, he had this product called the Abdoor. It's kind of funny, but his real name's Abdo. You know, so he had this kind of, you know, fitness device, you know, and, you know, he is a former uh, Olympic uh, trainer and he wanted to be an Olympian himself. And he's a bodybuilder and he's been in that world. So he's always been into health and nutrition. And he, did, he took steroids, back in like the 80s, he talks about it and he screwed up his endocrine system, which which basically left him with uh, the inability to perform in the bedroom. And so he tells that story on national TV, man. I mean, the guy's literally sell, sold billions of dollars. In my world, he's kind of like a celebrity, right? And so when he, he approached us because we're really good at supplements. And I remember, I, I remember where I was. I was actually at the the Hilton uh, Hotel in uh, San Diego Bay and we're in his room. It was just a regular small room. And he had a an easel with a tripod and tripod. And he was like, you know, kind of pitching us and showing us on why Androzine was great and all these other things. And I remember and kind of sitting there, it was like surreal for me because I've been seeing this guy on TV for years. And I was like, this guy's selling us really hard on, <laughs> on, on why we should put Androzine on TV. And I hadn't realized, but everybody else had said no. Everybody had wow. said no. And, and, and the reason why we decided to do a, what we would call a male sexual health product, and a lot of people call it a male enhancement product, you know, there's a lot of just charlatans out there. There's a lot of bad actors out there in the world of male enhancement. There's a lot of just 
ridiculous claims that are made out there. And there's, and I describe them, there's just, it's just icky. It's just gross. I mean, you see these things on porn sites and all that other stuff. So I, I want, I, you know, when he told his story, I'm like, you know, there's a reason why Viagra is so big. There's a reason why Cialis is so big because there's a need for it, right? And so I'm like, all right, I think we can present this show as John Abdel, the expert, kind of back to what you were saying, John Abdel, the expert, pseudo celebrity to tell his story. And I think it's going to resonate with the masses. Now to kind of expand on the celebrity aspect of it, my world, I've had some celebrities on some stuff before and they haven't worked. See, for, for us, it's more about the story and less about the celebrity. When you look at uh, like an infomercial, like, um, you know, like, like Guthrie Renker will do when you have a uh, proactive, I mean, they've really leveraged celebrities. They've used everyone you can imagine in the world of celebrity because they're, who are they marketing towards? Proactive is marketing towards, you know, teenagers who are trying to, you know, look good. And so who are they using? They're using celebrities who look good. And the celebrities, like and the one I can think of off the top of my head is like Adam Levine. Like Adam Levine would show, you know, a close-up of him with, with acne, right? And so that's, again, that's kind of powerful, especially when it's, you know, the, the lead singer of Maroon 5. Or, you know, I remember once with, uh, with P. Diddy, you know, same thing. They would show like a close-up of him. And then you get the women that do the same thing. So celebrity for them is great. And it makes sense. For me, for what we're doing, at least right now, it, um, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It's just about the story and about the problem solution. I guess the great thing about those proactive. I remember seeing the Katy Perry one, and yeah, the great thing about proactive is they're not just using the celebrity, but they're also using the story, aren't they? And saying, "Oh, oh and this really impacted my confidence." Blah blah blah. Right. And then cuts to her on stage, flawless skin. There's a proactive going by. It. It's like it's a killer combo. Isn't it? It's a multi-billion-dollar brand. I mean, they've been on TV for like 20 years. It's crazy how and how successful they are. And so, and they, and and you know, people joke around. They say, you know, Gathi Renko should just be called proactive. But you know, they and they and they've taken. You know, they're they were actually there for their first infomercial. Was interesting is is for the book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich, and it's a great story. And and actually, in one one guy you, you probably heard of that was featured in that, uh, his name is Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins. It was the first time Tony was on TV. He just did a quick little testimonial about that. And then Gothi Renker took, they liked him so much, they took him and they put him on TV in an infomercial for for a product called Anthony Robbins The Edge. And and then listen to this even more, this gets even crazier. And then there was a guy that Anthony Robbins in The Edge featured, uh, he featured this guy in there, his name was Alex Guerrero. And Alex Guerrero is a, like this holistic medicine, Chinese medicine dude. My old company reached out to him and we did an infomercial for him, with him with a product called Supreme Greens. They, the company ended up getting sued for it for a whole host of reasons. But the reason why I bring it up is because it's very topical because right now, Alex Guerrero is Tom Brady's like guru, like he's the guy, right? So, so that, that all stems all of it from an infomercial. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. You mentioned that Tony being a testimonial and that's something which is, you can't miss the testimonials and social proof elements of infomercials. Pretty much every infomercial I've ever seen is just rammed to the rafters with, with testimonials. Why why is that? Why is there such a high volume? And and when you're putting these together, are you how much are you thinking about the demographics and, and the audiences that make up the uh, make up the testimonials? Yeah, again, so what you're trying to do there in that scenario is you're trying to appeal to the average person, right? Like, oh, that you know, they're talking to me. 
You know what I mean? It's not just these two guys trying to sell me stuff. It's, you know, Betsy Smith in, in rural Oklahoma who has the same problem. And, and this is how, you know, she, she took this product and it solved that problem. So that's kind of, that, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to really just relate to people, you know, and, and the average everyday people. And it's, it's, a, it's a powerful way to do things uh, depending on your format. Now I've used testimonials in, in my formats and it, it didn't work as well because we're in my format, it's two talking heads. It's usually me and someone else. And we're just, and we're talking and we let the, I let the other guy just tell, tell a story versus having the other people. I don't know why it doesn't work for us. I mean, sometimes we just don't know. Like that's the crazy thing is like, we'll test things. And I'll tell you, man, like I've shot hundreds of infomercials in my career in once as a, when I was a lawyer and then, and then here, and you know, we've only had, you know, a, you know, a handful that have really been successful. So you, but there's been dozens and dozens where like, this is fucking huge, man. Like this is going to be the biggest thing ever, by the way, I hope you don't mind. I swear here and then I'm from Boston, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> so, so like, like this is going to be the biggest thing ever. And then you test it and it just totally bombs. And you're like, Oh, why? <laughs> and I mean, you just don't know why. And it's just, just kind of is what it is, you know? And the, and then the worst part though, is then you have these ones, like we're testing one right, right now where it's like right in the middle. It's like, it like kind of works. And so then we're yeah. trying to figure out like, why does it kind of work? And how, is there, is there something we can do to tweak it? Like you had mentioned earlier, go back, edit it, put something in, take something out, replace this, that, change the offer, whatever. And that happens a lot of times. People do do that. And, you know, there's a lot of stories where you test something and someone was so invested in it that they just couldn't give up on it. So they just made all these tweaks. And then the, you know, the 10th version of it was a home run. Uh, we don't do it like that. Uh, we, we, we test them. We maybe will tweak them here and there and, and then we're done. If, if it doesn't work, it's just kind of like how, how we do business, but, um, testimonials, like I'll give you another example. So in the, the crushing crypto on the, the book I'm talking about. So I, I, I got in, I got involved in this world of cryptocurrency, a while ago, and I've just been I've been screaming about it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, just as a as a as a um, to my friends, really. Not I'm not selling anybody anything, right? I'm just like, look, guys, please pay attention to cryptocurrency. I know you might think it's not real or whatever. I believe it is. I've hung around with billionaires, hundred millionaires, some of the most influential people in the world. I'm telling you, it's real. You need to pay attention to this. That's basically my mess and my has been my message, right? And so. Throughout the you know the, the recent months, I've had literally friends of mine that were like I would you know I would I would say to them look I'll give you I say look I need you to buy my book and they say oh like I'm broke and I say I tell you what listen I'll give you the money to buy my book but I just need you to buy the book I can't do that why can't I'm going to give you the money I just need you to buy the book and they can't do it right they, and that same person well then has reached out to me and said man I, you know I listened to what you said about cryptocurrency I learned how to learn how to get bitcoin for free I I uh, you know I bought some I bought some cryptocurrency and now I'm up over 100% thank you Mike and then I'm like oh my god like this in all the things I've ever done in my 10 years here and another almost 10 years at my previous company it's never happened where truly my friends have reached out to me and said you know, we want in. And the reason this is ties back to testimonials. So when I shot the infomercial for cryptocurrency, crushing crypto, we did do the, the, the testimonials before so I could refer back to them. So it's the first time I've really invested a lot of time into, into the testimonials because it is important, especially with what's going on in, in, you know, in the world of cryptocurrency. I know it's different everywhere, but it truly is worldwide. And, and, and so like, I want to, 
what we're talking about. I want to be able to relate to people who don't understand it. So I have a kind of, a, kind of a cool cross section of testimonials that I'm going to put in this infomercial. And by the way, haven't tested it, have no idea if it's going to work, but you know, we hope it does, obviously. <laughs> I guess I, I noticed watching the Androzine one, um, another thing I, I noticed, I, I don't know if, it's, if it was intentional or not, but one of them was his Dan who got sick using prescription medication talking about how this was a solution. So I, I'm guessing that by doing that, you're kind of answering possible objections that people will have. And, you know, someone sat there thinking, yeah, this won't work for me because yeah, because I've tried prescription stuff and that didn't work. So here's someone who's actually been through your specific situation and had a great result. So do you have a list of objections that you want to knock out at various points through the script when you're doing something like this? Bob, I mean, you are really good at what you do. I just want to get, I want to tell you that because you are definitely, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm serious. Like you, you, you really do know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, the answer is yes. And so sometimes by the way, I won't, I'd say, give an example, like with that, with John Abdo and everyone else, like I refuse to talk to them before. They might think I'm crazy, but I don't want to have have a conversation with them before because I want them to tell their story on camera. We do do pre-production though, where we we will have others interview them and then I'll listen to that, you know? So, so that, and the reason why I do that is because if I heard something in that pre-interview that I liked and they didn't say it on set, I will refer to it as if we did have that conversation. I'll say something like, John, you know, earlier in the green room, you had mentioned that, um, you know, that, that Viagra causes all these serious side effects. Tell us a little bit about that and, and why, you know, Androzine's different, you know, because he hadn't said it yet, but I, but I, you know, I had heard it on the, on the pre, on the pre-interview. So a lot of times those, those objections will just naturally be there. And, and I, in my head as well, I tell people this, kind of like what you've already done. I tell people, look, when I go into an infomercial, uh, I know more about their product or them than they do. So, so I can have a really great conversation about, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And, and, it, and it is natural. And I literally, I'll spend, and that's the other part that hurts too, because like I'll spend weeks sometimes just preparing. And then, you know, you sit down and you feel like you've created gold and then it's a thing just doesn't work. Um, so yeah, we do try to overcome those objections before they do call in or go to the website because there's a, there's, there's a lot of reasons why. One, we want to get them to call. And then two, if they do call, there's a cost involved there, right? So my second biggest cost in that, in that scenario is my call center cost. Now I have my own call center. I actually recently sold it. So I still generate a, a ton of calls and we send them to other call centers. And so there's a cost there. So we want to be able to have a, a, a good experience as quickly as we can with the customer on the phone because there's a cost. Last thing I want to ask you about, I want to be respectful of your time. I've, I've absolutely loved this, by the way, but is, is offer and pricing. So you'll often get like a bundle of stuff where you've got the DVDs and you've got the books and the CDs and, or you'll get the Nutribullet and it's shown on its rock with all the stuff around it. Like, why is it that people tend to sell bundles of stuff rather than just one single product. Yeah. How do they do that? Right. I mean, like I, I, I the one, uh, the one I love, it's not on anymore is Ronco. Uh, it was the knife one. And it's just like, he just keep giving you more knives and knives. It's like, <laughs> it's like, he's got like a, he's going to get like a truckload of knives showing up to us <laughs> yeah. in 1999. Like, how do they do that? I have no idea how to do that. Um, <laughs> so, so again, it's, it's the perceived value really is what we're talking about. Right. So you, you want to be able to give the most amount of value for, you know, that initial purchase because, the life cycle too is is important. If you if you if the customer is happy, you know, good marketers understand that they again they really want to develop the rapport, the relationship with that customer. So if that initial 
experience is good and they get a bunch of stuff and they get some cool products like, you know, some of these knives that are out there, like or, or you mentioned, like I love the Magic Bullet or, or I have the Ninja the Blender. I love it. I think it's a great product. There are some shit products out there, but most of them this day and age, you can't, you know, versus 10, 20 years ago because of social media, like you can't have a, a, a bad product, especially on TV now and, and hope to be on for a long time because social media will just crush you, right? So the bundling thing, it, it, it's about that, it's, a, um, it's, it's about that added value that you want to give, you know, you want to give to the customer because you actually may be losing money on that initial offer. And a lot of times you are, and then it's about the upsell, right? So now you got them on the phone, and they said yes to the initial offer and you're going through and, and then it's about, oh, okay, great. Well, you got this. Well, what about this? And hey, did you, you know, I, you know, we may not, have, you may not have caught this on the show, but John Abdo mentioned that, you know, that you should try this. And so it, that's really, you're trying to, you know, increase the average ticket. And, but at the same time, it's as a good marketer and someone who's, you know, been in business as long as I have, you know, you, you, you it's a fine line. You don't want to just sell them the kitchen sink and then, and then be done with them. You want to sell them something that's going to work for them right then and there so that later on you can then come back to them and say, hey, I'm glad you liked Androzine and, and uh, Androphase because that's one of the upsells we have with it. We also, we have this other great product or, or, or even we'll do like a, like a completely different cross sell. Because if you develop a, a great rapport with the customer, to go back to them, them and sell them something totally outside of that category is, doesn't seem that odd. For instance, like we have a pet product called Pawvites, right? Love the product. I'm not going to pitch it, but so like we'll reach out to those customers that we've, that we've been selling to for years and say, hey, look, you know, we were just looking at the, at the statistics and here in the United States, like 50% of the American households have a dog or a cat. Do you happen to have a dog or a cat? Yeah, great. Well, you know what? Because you bought Androzine from us, we want you just to try this for free. It's normally 120 bucks because you're a valued customer. When we try free, you just pay, you know, processing and handling. And if you like it, Mr. Customer, then we will ship it to you next month. And so then it then it would be like on a on an auto ship on a continuity basis. And and so that's kind of the reason why in the front end, give them as much as you can. Uh, that's a good value. Try not to lose money as as the marketer. And then it's about that long term, what what a lot of people will call that that lifetime value of, of the customer. How do you decide pricing? Because sometimes it feels like we're going for a premium price compared to what people could buy otherwise. And sometimes it might be you're losing money on the front end. Like how, how do you decide that? Is it all about you just look at the whole thing, the number of upsells that you can get in and do a big picture or do you test it or what? Yeah, it's great. Again, what I love, uh, another thing that I love about uh, the how we do things, I love what I do, man. You know what I mean? I really do. You know, I, I got to say, I, I will say this, that, you know, the products that I sell now, like supplements in the States, in, in a long form infomercial, it's a, it's, it's a nightmare. It's not easy to do. You're dealing with all sorts of regulatory bodies and it's just no matter how well we do it, it's just like we're constantly just being like, you know, I'm just keep getting kicked and, you know, and it's a pain. And, and I love, I love supplements too. I've been taking, I'm a, I'm a big dude. I've always been a big dude. I've been taking supplements my whole life. I, I've, it's changed my life. I've seen, I've seen it change other people's lives from pain to, you know, from male sexual health to, to psychological, you know, depression, you know, everything. I've just, I've just seen it happen and I just, and I, and I love it, but, but I, I do love this, this business as well. So as far as pricing is concerned, it's interesting. So, you know, I'll give you an example. Androzine, you know, all right, I'll go back to, I'll go back to R3D, the joint health one. When we first started, I, you know, I was naive, young, didn't really, I mean, I thought I knew the business. And so we had a package for, for R3D, which was a buy two, get one free. Right? You, get, you buy two, you get one free. So it's a total of three, three months supply. That package was $119. 
This was when I first started almost 10 years ago, right? That same product, I'm now selling for $119 for one bottle. Whoa. And, and so, and so you now you go back and say, man, how much money? And, and you know what changed? Nothing changed. <laughs> and, so, and so people say, well, you know, I, I didn't do that because I could. I did that because I actually had to. Because really what was going on was is when I was doing that, because I was young and I was just, the phones were ringing and I had almost 200 employees, we're doing millions and millions in sales, everything's great. But at the end of the week, I was always struggling, paying my bills. I'm like, why can't I pay the bills? Because I'm, 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 I'm a lawyer for a reason. I didn't have an accountant when I first started. It was just, it was just like five of us in an office and it just blew up. So, but I'm just psyched because I see all this money coming in. But at the same time, we weren't making money. We were losing like 200,000 a week. Uh, and so I'm like, and so then I, I finally brought an accountant and I, he's like looking at everything. He's like, you, you, you got to make some major changes. So, so we changed the packages. So the buy two, get one free is now, you know, like, um, it's like two something, you know, with shipping, with shipping and handling. So we've, we essentially doubled the price. That's kind of how you determine it. You have to look at your, your return on investment. You have to look at what we call MER, which stands for media efficiency ratio. And you just have to see if it's profitable. And if it's not profitable, then you can't do it. And that's hard for me as an entrepreneur. I'm, 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 I fall in love with things. And, and I talk about that in Blueprint to Business about like, man, it's so hard to, to really step back and say, all right, this, is, this just doesn't make sense. And we need to, we need to move on and, or, or make a change, especially when you have so much you know, like psychological time and, and emotion uh, invested in it. So in the, in the infomercial world, with a, with a back to the soft offer scenario where there is no price on the screen, you can literally change the price on the fly. So I have the ability to say, you know what? I changed my script. Like when we talk about A, B test, I can do A, A through Z test like instantly. So you know what? Change this, change it for this one, change it for that one, change it for this one, change it for that one, change the upsell, move, you know, move it around, add an upsell, no upsell, no auto ship, auto ship. Let's see, you know, let's see what happens. And then you kind of just, then you go back and say, all right, great. Let me give you one quick example before we go is that, you know, there are a lot, again, bad actors in this world that they'll, they'll put people on an auto ship or what we call a free trial. They'll bang their card, you know, before they said they would, or they're banging the card for more. And, and the credit card companies are really coming down hard on it and they should. Uh, unfortunately, I'm in that world and I get caught up in it as if I was one of them. You know, I'm a lawyer by trade. I grew I started out in this business in customer service. I am a consumer. I've been in business for 10 years. We've been recognized by Inc. Uh, I've been in, you know, Yahoo Finance, CNBC, you know, entrepreneur. So like, we're like a, a legit business. Unfortunately, a lot of bad actors out there, right? So 50% of our orders are in fact a free trial or at least they were, right? And because we know that we know how to make them work, right? And, and so I'll just, I'll tell you the numbers. 50% of the people that actually take a free trial, in other words, they just pay for shipping and handling, they just cancel. And it's just no matter what we do, I've done everything you can imagine, no matter what we do. But the other 50%, they stay on. They might stay on for a month, they might stay on for two months, they might stay on for three months. So now we're like, all right, cool. So now we got this, you know, this customer relationship. Credit card processors, as I'm talking to you right now, are, are inc- becoming increasingly um, the risk tolerance is just really is really t- tightening up. So they don't want to they don't want to take those types that type of business like my type of business. So in order for me to stay alive, I said, okay, let's just get rid of free trials. I'm going to get rid of 50 percent of my orders. I'm just going to change it on the script. And so what we did was is like with one of our we just tested it. One we just did it with one of our call centers. And just, and, but we're still running them with the other one instead, right? So we test one of the call centers. It looks pretty much the same. All right, let's, let, let's change it to the other one. See what happened. Looks pretty much the same. Let's change it to the third one. Looks pretty much the same. Following week, it dips. It looks horrible. Like, and then, but we're like, I'm like, whoa, everybody calm down. Let's relax. 
let's give it another week and just see. And we give it another week and it's about the same. So that's another reason why the pricing in the direct response world in a uh, soft offer scenario, again, no price on the screen is awesome. And by the way, this can apply also to, there's, I know so many people are like digital marketers, right? Where there's this, this, this essentially same thing can apply. And I've seen it apply as well, where you just, you, there is no price until you get to the very end. Um, that might piss some people off too. Like if they, you know, so you kind of turn, turn away some people and it's easier to have that conversation and to overcome that objection. I think when, when you're talking to a human versus just on a website, so they just, you know, X out. It's kind of the reason why I do still like being able to talk to people, even though it's expensive, because you can overcome that objective and say, yeah, I understand that, Mr. Customer, but, you know, and then you just kind yeah. of, you know, you move forward. So that's kind of how we come up with, with the pricing. And then obviously the basics of just basic economics, right? I mean, like, all right, so if the product costs us this, then we got we have to sell it for this. Michael, this has been absolutely phenomenal. I love, I could listen to you talk about infomercials all day. I, I love it. I love the medium. I love, yeah, I love it. It's so hardcore. It's so but in the, in the, in the UK, man, it's not the same, right? Cause we, we try, we, tr- we tried to run a long form one for my, for my Arthur D and we actually were, we were running for a little while. I had a call center there. Um, um, I also, it's funny. I, I essentially gave myself a lesson because we had a call center in Scotland, which is different obviously, right. Yeah. Than, than the UK and, and, um, and so the, the dialect was different, like everything yeah. was, and, and, we're, and we're like, why can't we close these people? Like, it's the same. And, and one guy was like, no, it's not the same. And so what we did was actually is we started taking the calls here for the show that was running in the UK. But the interesting thing about how you guys do it over there is you guys don't have the, the first amendment over there and you don't have essentially the FTC, but you guys do it differently where it's the stations that are on the hook. If something mm-hmm. goes if something goes wrong, so the stations are super super strict about what you can and can't say on there. So we we ran for about a year, and then I think we literally got one complaint, and then that was it. Boom, done. Yeah, no, it does. It just doesn't seem to have the same. Yeah, we have like QVC, but not really. I don't really see too many infomercials. Michael, where can people find out more about you? How can they check out your books? And what would be your suggestions of top infomercials that they should go and watch? <laughs> I love the last one. Uh, so you can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's at Mike Alden, M I K E A L D E N 2012, at Mike Alden 2012. You can also find me on my website. It's Michael Alden.com. And my books are there. My books are available literally everywhere Amazon, uh, Books a Million, BarnesandNoble.com. And the top infomercials, man, I tell you, I mean, I'd have to say Androzine and Arthur D, you know, my two big ones. Or actually, when you see, you know what I love too about the, the, the crushing crypto one that I'm talking about is, is that it is, an, it is a book. The cryptocurrency is worldwide. So we, we're excited about this because we can actually take this worldwide. Although even some countries like Canada or even the UK, again, because you guys don't have the First Amendment over there, you guys look at books a little bit differently than, than we do, but it's a little bit easier. So check out Crushing Crypto Book as well. That'll be out there uh, in the very near future. Sweet. So we'll link up all those in the show notes. Michael, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your expertise. Thank you. It was fun. 